We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody welcome to the week one playoff edition of the pro football focus show uh here on roto grinders i am Britt divine uh joined by mr ian harditz who uh apparently pre-show uh pff lily had an issue is, is pff lily okay ian she was so excited for the show she was about ready to start throwing up but i think uh, <laughs> i think she is okay now so that's uh, that's life working from the couch yeah, I've got uh, Roto Grinders Benton. Uh, he's sitting on the bed over here, <laughs> sleeping. Hopefully, he doesn't have any issues pre- uh, during the show either. Uh, but welcome, everybody. Uh, it's the playoffs this week, so we're just going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, I was talking to Ian over the last couple of days. It doesn't make a lot of sense to talk about the the slate and to talk about uh, salaries and things like that because there's just there's so many slates across all the sites and everything like that. So we're going to go a little game by game. Uh, now that I have sports betting at my fingertips, I've uh, I've got some of my favorite bets. Uh, I've got a big L for Ian on one of his. So uh, we're, we're going to we're going to argue about one of these games here in a little bit. But we seem to be on uh, the, the same page on most of these. Uh, so, Ian, let's have some fun here today. What I do want to do is you put out an article over on, on PFF about the most complete 
2021 uh, NFL playoff team. I want to ask, did you run this up the ladder? Is this free for everybody or is this behind is the paywall this week? Always a man of the people right oh, here. All right. So we made this, we made this free for everybody. So if you want to dig a little bit more in depth on what Ian has in this, we're going to go over it here, um, but you can go check it out on pff.com. Uh, what Ian did is basically, well, actually I'll just let him explain it. Cause I'll probably mess it up. Uh, Ian explain what's going on here and any big takeaways uh, we can use in sports betting DFS, basically in anything going on this week. Yeah, so I've done this for the last two uh, playoffs, and it's not meant to just, you know, exactly rank the top contenders necessarily, but I want to get take a bigger look at everything more than just the quarterbacks because so much of our analysis ends up coming down to, okay, everyone chill out. We got Tom Brady. <laughs> Hey, so we got Tom Brady versus like Jalen Hurts. And it's like, okay, we know that TB12 has the advantage and all that, but there's more to football than just the quarterback versus quarterback. So that was kind of the goal here. So I weighted the quarterback in the passing games, the same as run defense, tackling, havoc, pass defense, offensive line, rushing offense, and just the receivers to try to get an idea of who are the most complete teams out there. So coming in at number one, the San Francisco 49ers. And dude, they're not worse than 11th in any of these things. Like, like you can okay, you can talk a couple holes, their cornerback room. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have that many style points, but man, if it works, it works. And you know, we can quantify this. Like he's 30th among 44 qualified quarterbacks and average target depth. The dude is dinking and dunking it heavy majority of the time. But hey, man, when they're second in yards per attempt behind only Joe Burrow and the Bengals, like who really cares how you're picking up the yards? So 49ers against the Cowboys, man, I do think this could be a tough situation for them because the Cowboys, 31st in run defense, they've allowed at least 100 rushing yards in 11 of their last 12 games. Not so sure that's going to be great against, you know, Shanahan, Elijah Mitchell and company. So, you know, we'll get to our best bets here in a little bit, but I do think there's some underdog potential there for the 49ers. But yeah, basically, you know, one of the kind of larger AFC, NFC takeaways, only the Patriots who came in at number two were actually ranked inside the top six, quote unquote, most complete teams out here. So th that NFC really is a gauntlet, man. 49ers, Packers, Buccaneers, Rams, the Cowboys. You know, you have a few holes here and there. Tampa Bay 29th in tackling, the Rams 27th in rushing offense. But otherwise, like they are just awfully complete teams across the board. Now on the other side of things, man, Pittsburgh, Literally could They're not worse. find something. They're better than it. Not, not even just the worst. Like I think we all would have expected that. But league-wide, I couldn't find something where they're ranked better than even 19th in this year. Because, like, even, even guys great as TJ Watt is in that, you know, front seven, they're still – 20th on the season in pressure rate. So, you know, TJ Watt, he's going to need to be a god if they want a chance to take down um, the, the Chiefs in this one. So we'll see, uh, you know, kind of how some of these middle middle ones uh, shake out. The Bengals, pretty mediocre team other than Joe Burrow in the passing game. But, hey, that's the number one freaking passing game in the entire NFL uh, when I weighted these categories. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on here, Britt. But I think, you know, the big takeaway uh, for me overall would not be sleeping here on the 49ers or the Patriots because they just don't have that big glaring weakness that most other teams have at least one of them. Uh, I will agree with you on the 49ers this week. I think they are one of my upset favorites, um, but I am against you on this Patriots game. And we'll talk about that. Uh, maybe a little bit why, as we get into game by game analysis here, uh, which we will do in just a second. But before we do, uh, I want to let all of you guys know about jock market, stop throwing your money away and check out jock market. Uh, the app where daily fantasy uh, becomes a stock exchange. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can get a free $50 using promo code grinders. Uh, you can download it in the app or play stores. Uh, check out jockmarket.com and use code grinders for a 100% deposit match. Uh, I have tried this out. Uh, it's a fun little game. You do it pre-lock. 
Um, spend your money on some of the underdogs, try to find guys that can really have big performances and you can really boost, you know, $10 into $70 and things like that. Uh, the other cool thing they're doing is if you are a first time player on jock market, uh, they give you a first market guarantee that will refund you up to your $100 losses in your first market. So make sure to check them out. Uh, a fun little game, uh, approved by me as well. All right. So let's switch this up a little bit. We're going to go game by game, maybe give some analysis, maybe talk some weather too on, you know, as the, as the week progresses, we get a little bit more clarity. I think the one game where we're, are we going to get rain or are we not is going to be this uh, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay game. That's going to basically come down to, uh, you know, looking at what's happening on the field uh, a couple hours before, but let's start off with the Raiders at Cincinnati. We saw this game earlier in the season and what's happened recently for the Bengals is not what happened in that game. This was a Joe Mixon game. They were able to basically do whatever they wanted on offense in the run game. Mixon had a massive game. I think it was over 100, 100 plus yards, um, a, a really good performance there. How do you see this playing out? Because we've seen the Bengals over the past couple of weeks, Ian, dice up basically anybody they've come across in the passing game, right? It looks like Jamar Chase is the real deal. T Higgins, also the real deal. You still have to deal with Tyler Boyd out of the slot, who's a, a very capable, Uzoma's had a good season, mixing capable out of the backfield. How do you see this game playing out? Because me personally, I think we see a flashback to what happened in the previous game where the Bengals sort of were able to control the ball, run all over them, that's how I'm playing this game. And I got another, uh, a, a little extra to add on top of whatever analysis you might have at the end. Yeah. We'll see if they're able to, you know, run the ball over again, but I don't, I mean, that's, that was like the work, the lesser version of this offense. And when Zach Taylor really still wasn't letting Joe Burrow go out there and throw the ball to these beasts, Jamar Chase, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd 40 times a game. So that's kind of why, like, for example, just from a season long perspective, I, I missed on Tyler Boyd. He ended up not being too bad. He had some nice weeks towards the end of the year, but you know, the assumption was that this was going to be one of the most pass heavy offenses in the league again, like they were in 2020. Didn't really see that until the, final few weeks but man once we did again number one passing offense in the entire nfl based on you know the collection of passing efficiency stuff i was looking at in that most complete teams article so the raiders maybe max crosby goes absolutely bonkers i mean he led the nfl with 101 pressures this past season but otherwise man like it's nothing even against this raiders secondary i think they've been okay enough this year and everything but i don't know if there's a single defense in the league that can stop burrow and company or at least contain them that much over the course of 60 minutes I don't think the Raiders can keep up. That's what it comes down to. Even last week, I mean, it wasn't like Derek Carr was necessarily putting the Raiders on his back in order to win that game. And that's really what it's been for the majority of the second half of the year. Once Henry Ruggs got taken out of the picture, man, okay, we've had Hunter Renfro picking up a lot of catches. You know, Zay Jones has had five-plus catches in five straight games. Like, they moved the ball to an extent, but the big play is just gone, and we've seen that really impact Carr's overall stats. Weeks one through seven, 90.2 PFF passing grade. Weeks eight through 18 63.7 yards per attempt has dropped a whole yard and a half and his average target depth is down the same so it really just has been a more conservative offense that accordingly hasn't been able to put up the same level of points so the one maybe um area where the raiders could uh, potentially have some success this uh if you look at the Bengals, they are actually one of the league's six worst defenses in yards after contact allowed per carry last week josh jacobs did gain 130 of his 132 rushing yards after contact so maybe they 
taking you out to a quick lead. Jacobs is able to instill as well, but I don't know, man. It's just so tough to bet against those outside options on the Bengals again against pretty much anybody. So I am going to ride with Bengals minus five and a half here. Final note before I throw it back over to you, Britt. Good stat from my buddy Austin Gale over at PFF. I mentioned the car splits with and without rugs, but you can also look at Derek Carr throughout his career in sub 40 degree weather. 50.1 PFF passing grade, 5.8 yards per attempt. When it's over 40 degrees, goes up to 83.8 and 7.1 yards per attempt. So all the factors working against Carr, I don't think they can slow down Burrow and company. Yeah, we're both on the same page as far as the uh, the team here. Bengals minus five and a half. I think it was down to like minus five or even four and a half in some places. I looked right before the show. It's back to five and a half. Um, so I think that is the fair line. My prop is I like the mix and rush yard, 74 and a half. I like the Bengals to really cruise. And here's a, a little hidden reason, Ian. I'm going to read to you the Raiders travel schedule. Are you ready for this? Uh, over the past couple of weeks, week 14 in Kansas City. All right. Then they're at Cleveland, right? I don't know if they went back to uh, Las Vegas, you know, but right. So you go from the Chiefs to the Browns in week 15. Then you're, you know, you're in Cleveland, you're home against the Broncos, right? So you're back out on the West Coast. Then you go to Indianapolis, right? Then you play the late game uh, against the Chargers last week. And now you play the early game this week on the road. This is a ton of travel at the end of the season, right? With With an extra one in here. Um, I'm, I'm definitely on the Bengals to win this game. Um, I, I'm fine taking some alternate lines. If you want to boost this up to over a touchdown or anything like that, my personal opinion, I think the Bengals walk away with this game. Um, that's also why I like that prop of Mixon because I just expect it to be a grind time in that fourth quarter for them. So that's a, a little uh, nugget for me uh, on, on my personal opinion on this game. It All right. Look like, uh, uh, it does look like Darren Waller's going to play. And just real quickly, if you uh, are playing the entire, you know, Saturday to Monday slate, I think it's as good as time as ever to go with that two tight end uh, shell because, you know, we have our Wallers, our Kittles, all the freaking great tight ends that are still alive. A uh, great Travis Kelsey as well. And then to have Zach Ertz, the Cardinals number one receiver lately, sitting there at 4,700. Don't be afraid to go double tight end. I think Waller certainly is in play there. All right. Let's go to the Patriots at Buffalo. And this seems to be. Um, I can, I can get behind pretty much all of your picks, except I, I don't like new England in this game at all. I think the bills with Josh Allen, with a great, if the bills get up in this game, I think it's lights out for the Patriots for sure. And I know if the Patriots were to get up, the bills certainly have enough firepower to come back in this game. And I just think the bills are going to play. They, they're not just this pass only offense anymore right they have the ability to run the ball and in the cold weather right this game is going to be really cold and Josh Allen hasn't really been doing too well Uh, I I think this is a Josh Allen just takes over this game between short passes and running the ball because the Bills know when the money's on the line let's put the game in the hands of Josh Allen whether it's on the ground or through the air Um, my favorite prop bet in this game is definitely Josh Allen over 44 and a half rush yards. Um, what's he have? He has like almost 69 rushing yards over his past five. And he just trounced the, the Patriots for 64 yards in this last outing. Uh, I think 44 and a half is just a little bit too low. I'm on the bills here. Um, I, I don't really trust the Patriots. I know they ranked really high in your article here when you combine everything, but I, I just don't see if the bills, if the bills get up, 10 or 13 10 points right like this game is over in my book and I, I just don't see any way the Patriots can really 
win this game, in my opinion. And I'm not, I live in New York. I'm not a Bills homer or anything like that. Uh, I just really like the Bills in this one. So I'm interested to hear why you like the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a, you know, be pounding the Patriots money line even necessarily, but I do think four points is probably one too high for here. I mean, look, we've seen Damian Harris really in both these games take over and it's what has been, you know, the way to beat the bills pound the freaking football down their throat. And I know it's not super windy. I mean, probably don't have to work. It's not going to be the same settings as before, but this is also going to be a freaking ridiculously cold game in Buffalo once again. And, you know, we did see what happened when this game resorted down to can run the ball best in that first matchup. So Mac Jones, no, I, I do think he's overrated. Like, yeah, yeah. He's the best rookie quarterback, but that's relative to a bunch of rookie quarterbacks that is that are very hard to even rank inside the league's top 30 passers as a whole. So I hear you there, but you know, to the point about Josh, Allen, he has been really erratic all year. I mean, just if you look at this Buffalo passing game as a whole, they really rank in the middle of the league in the majority of statistics. Now, Josh puts up bonkers numbers. You mentioned the rushing uh, totals and averages he has. Like, he was reigning fantasy QB1 because Josh Allen has always been a fantasy god, but he really hasn't been the same world beater in all 2021 that we saw in 2020. I thought the second game against the Patriots was maybe Josh's best game the entire season. Like, the throws he made on that last drive were absolutely spectacular. But again, man, just to really go in against Belichick and pull off that performance again in a game that I, I think is, again, going to be awfully run heavy by both sides. I'm just probably going to side take the evil empire and just uh, expect them to cover those four points. But uh, just from a more DFS perspective, I do think if you are going to try to invest in this Patriots passing game at all, Jacoby Myers is your guy. We did see him get the most targets last time around in this matchup in the Bills. You'll be hard-pressed to find a passing metric that they're not number one in the league in, but they have been slightly less dominant against receivers in the slot as opposed to out wide. Um, also, Nelson Aguilar is probably the cheapest dart you could throw on the entire slate. I think he's around 3,200 on DraftKings. You know, he's in three wide receiver sets. He's a starting receiver, so you can do a little bit worse than that if you feel like going, uh, you know, to the bottom of the barrel. Now, on the Bills side of things, man, I guess it's just like, do we really want to trust Devin Singletary when there are so many other good backs in that price range? So I think Singletary um, is one of the better plays, especially with uh, playoff Lenny, right? Is he going to play? I think he's going to play, thing. right? Well, they um, said he's but- like the most questionable of the game time decisions i expect so. him to play um I, I had one of his props on here i pulled it off for the show um but we can talk about that when we get to that game but i, I think singletary straight up his role is very clearly defined and it's cold it's not this isn't the win game when the patriots ran the ball all over him it's cold but this game to me seems more i know josh allen hasn't really been that great in the cold um this this just this game just looks a lot more like the game that was played uh, at Gillette Stadium, where the Bills won 33 to 21. I sort of maybe not the as highest scoring, but I, I don't know. I just think the Bills are, are a much better team overall. And Josh Allen in the playoffs, that dual threat ability is is these the, are the two. The um, I mean, just to be fair, like you're not look, the Bills arguably are the best team in the AFC. They had the number one point differential in the entire AFC. Number two, though, New England Patriots. They played the Jaguars in that one game, though. <laughs> and the Bills lost. Didn't the Bills you know, lose the, to the Jags? Yeah, so yeah. A bunch of guys, too. There's a lot of nonsense in there, if you ask me. Um, all right, so we'll see, Ian. This is this is our one big disagreement this week. We'll see if you can get one on me to close out the season here uh, when we go head-to-head on these. Uh, all right, let's go Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Uh, you've got Philly eight and a half. And I, I don't, I was on, if the weather was clear, I think I like Tampa Bay in this game. Um, but I, I, I don't have a bet on this game in terms of like a side. I like some of the props, um, but I can definitely get behind the Eagles at plus eight and a half because uh, 
Kevin Ross, latest weather report. You can read that on Roto Grinders here. Um, he has it as yellow. So I don't know if you're, uh, you know, yellow, orange, red. That's more baseball terminology. Red, you want to stay away from. But he says it could get upgraded to orange. Uh, right now he has the rain arriving before the game on Sunday and clearing pregame. But the timing, if the timing slows, he's going to upgrade the risk to orange. There's going to have winds. Uh, will be worse pregame with the rain, but it's going to be breezy, sustained 15 to 20 miles per hour with gusts over 30 miles an hour. Gus, we got yeah, gusts for, gus for 30 miles gus an hour. Were. I'm not that concerned because the the Bucks aren't going to chuck this ball deep against the Eagles. That's not what you do anyway. I'm just concerned if it's if it's raining pregame and the ball's slick, this game becomes much more um, available to the Eagles, in my opinion, than if this game was played in clear weather. Um, how do you, how do you see this game playing out? I think Brady, uh, my favorite prop. I like Lenny, uh, receiving yards. I think it was 32 and a half. If he plays, make sure to catch that like pregame. If you can still get that. Um, but mine is Gronk over 57 and a half because Evans, you know, the deep ball, all that stuff that he does, he'll get his touchdown. Um, but I just don't know if he's going to gather all those yards. Um, and I think some of those are going to be fed to Gronk on the inside on some of these intermediate passes, especially if the weather and wind play out. So that's my prop. Um, tell me why you like the Eagles here, plus eight and a half. Well, I think first of all, you know, just looking at um, what we saw in the first matchup, it's not the same first matchup because two weeks after the Buccaneers beat the Eagles, that was when we saw them just really change around their entire offense to become this run first unit. And around that time, like that would have been fun to see because that was the best version of this Tampa Bay run defense. They gave up negative one rushing yards to the New England Patriots. Like we didn't want to roster a single running back against them for the first six, seven weeks of the year. But I mean, when you look at the second half of the season, man, like it really wasn't the same juggernaut. And a big reason why was losing Levante David, but he's right there next to Leonard Fournette as per Bruce Arians, the most questionable of the game time decisions. So even if David is back. It certainly doesn't sound like he's necessarily going to be at 100%. The Jets ran for 150 yards on this group. The Bills, 173. The Falcons, 121. And that's all, you know, since December started. So the Buccaneers really haven't been the same sort of juggernaut on, on the run defense side of things. They've allowed the highest explosive run play on the run play rate on the season. Healthy Jalen Hurts, healthy, healthy Miles Sanders. Like, there is a path to, I, I don't know about victory, because Hurts versus Brady were taking a lo- pretty large leap there, but at least a covering eight and a half, man. So I just think that, again, this uh, Eagles team, same thing we said about the Colts, same thing we're saying about the Titans. Like, there is this certain type of just smash mouth football team that, no, wouldn't pick the Eagles to go win four straight and, you know, ho- hoist the Lombardi trophy here in a month. But at the same time, one any given Sunday, they're going to be a tough out for anyone. So I agree with what, what you were saying on defense they have done a good job limiting the big plays all year and at this point man like look we saw tom brady in 2019 versus 2020 realize he wasn't washed but that's what tom brady can look like when he doesn't have weapons and you take away ab goblin cyril freaking grayson is now out so it's like evans and gronk better be carrying everything because if not man i think it's gonna be brady throwing to cover tyler johnson's and brashad perryman's for most of the afternoon so with the weather going against them again i think with the matchup reasonable give me philly plus eight and a half man yeah, that Gronk prop was probably one of my favorites of the week at that 57 and a half, yeah. especially if something were to happen to Lenny, right? They're not going to be trusting Keyshawn Vaughn, maybe Le'Veon Bell gets some of those uh, Lenny dump offs, um, but they're going to put this game in Brady's hands uh, and not rely too much on the run game, at least through the ground, more so through the air, in my opinion, this week. Um, all right, let's jump to, first off, I want to know, uh, Isaiah Wynn, your starting left tackle for your Patriots uh, on that bet, Ian, he got ruled out. So they are down 
Down All right, change it. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're down there starting a lot. That is a big, uh, big loss for them, honestly. It's not and, great. Yeah, so we'll have to see on that one. Um, strengthening my Bills pick against you. We'll see on that one. Uh, all right, let's go to San Francisco at Dallas. Uh, we're both in agreement. This would be if I had to pick like an upset, I think this is the game because I, I yeah. you know, at the 49ers, we went over at the beginning of your article, right? They're the most complete playoff team, and they can just they can just do the thing that Dallas can't stop. And that's the run. And you know, that's what San Francisco's game plan is going to be this week. So um, my prop is uh, I, I like Mitchell over 79 and a half because I'm sort of with you. I like the 49ers to maybe even win this game outright. They're going to have to use Dak. Zeke is washed. Take the under on him. It was up to like 50 something earlier in the week. It's down to 48 and a half. I think you can still do that. We saw the Rams last week basically unable to run the ball. They had to go through the air against San Francisco. I'm expecting sort of that same thing too. So again, you can maybe factor in some of the Dak overs on props, but I like the 49ers here. Their defense is good. Um, Dak's going to have to play an A plus game. Garoppolo's probably going to have to throw a pick or something, in my opinion, for Dallas to really live up to expectations in this one. That's look, I'm with you like Mitchell on the ground against this Cowboys run D that's the path to victory, but don't be sleeping on the passing game either. I mean, the struggles that we kind of saw Jimmy G have in the first seven, eight weeks largely haven't been there. It's just, you know, even someone like Jimmy G is not going to be aggressive. And, you know, when the pressure is able to get to him, he's going to break down when you have Kittle Debo and Ayuk out there, man, it's just going to be tough for any defense to slow those guys down. I did another article uh, this week, looking at the best remaining playmakers uh, in the playoffs. And I basically would just do, um, I gave added points to touchdowns to big plays and then also a force miss tackles divided out by touches and out of 153 players with at least 50 touches Ayuk was fifth Debo was eighth and George Kittle was 21st so this 49ers offense as a whole I think is just going to be able to instill their will and I honestly kind of like the over in this game as well in addition to going with the 49ers because the Cowboys and the other side of things we know uh, we know they're gonna be able to put up plenty of points as well I mean this offensive line first and run blocking grade second and pass blocking grade per PFF. Last year's Browns was the only team in our database to ever finish first in both those categories. So this is truly a great offensive line that should have a healthy version of Tyron Smith. To the 49ers credit, they're also getting a healthy Trent Williams, who was PFF's offensive player of the year. How about that supporting the big uglies up front? So yeah, Mitchell, man, like he'd be the one I think I'd feel better about like locking in that mid 5k range nice. over Devin Singletary. You know, why not both? We don't have to decide uh, between them necessarily. But I do think uh, Mitchell just getting those 20 touches like we've seen games, man, him coming back from injury in Shanahan saying pregame, like, you know, we'll see how he holds up. And he's still getting fed over 20 touches. No problems. Now it's last game of the year. You know, can't hold anything back now, Brett type of uh, format. And I think uh, we'll see him do just fine. So the one area where I think we could see the Cowboys get up and win this game is if they can establish that early lead and let these pass rushers feast, because as great as that Kittle, Ayuk, Debo trio might be up for the 49ers offense. Cowboys got one themselves in that front seven. Just looking at every single pass rusher this year with at least 50 snaps getting after the pass rusher. Parsons, number one. Randy Gregory, number 18. Demarcus Lawrence, number 25. So I think that's the path to success, man. They got to try to force these guys to throw the ball and then get after Jimmy G. Because we have seen with Garoppolo, if you can just remove his you know, first read there, if you can actually force him to move in the pocket, far less dangerous. 
The only uh, player I've bet to score a touchdown this week is Debo Samuel because I just nice. I guess Anytime, you have to assume yeah. you have to assume some rational coaching that you know it's the playoffs now. Maybe some of these Jawan Jennings, right? You know, all, all these fringe third and fourth, you know, tier players. Yeah. Their touches need to disappear. And if there's anyone, right, who like I still think Debo is by far the biggest playmaker on the 49ers offense, even over George Kittle. He's so dangerous. Um, anytime he touches the ball, I'm expecting him to get his what five to seven rush attempts. Man. I'm expecting him to give him plenty of opportunities to make yards after the catch. That's what he does. He's by far the best player um, with an absolutely insane skill set in doing that. So uh, I, I, I do like Debo to have a, a nice game. It is the problem is he is priced pretty high. And then when you're comparing him to Cooper cup at the wide receiver position, it is a little bit tough to get to him in DFS, but I do like him to have the touchdown. I like Mitchell. Uh, I like the Dallas passing game. Cause uh, I'm, I'm with you, Ian. I think San Francisco could possibly pull the upset in this one. Hey, a uh, quick note because I know there, there's a lot. There's a lot of good uh, cheaper wide receivers throughout the pl- uh, throughout the slate, but keep an eye on if Mohamed Sanu mm-hmm. ends up being activated and uh, is active for Sunday because Juwan Jennings has been their starting slot because of Sanu being out. Shanahan had the quote this week where he said like 90% of the time Jennings is playing blacked out, so it could be a situation <laughs> where uh, I'm kind of with you to begin with. I'm not sure that Jennings is going to be featured the same way. You know, in in the playoffs, I could see Debo just having an even larger target share than normal. But particularly, but, Ma- but Mohamed Sanu, yeah, let's feature him in the playoffs. No, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But like, he'll take Jennings' uh, snaps. You know, it's just one of those things. I don't necessarily. It's like Emmanuel Sanders coming back for Gabriel Davis. Like, yeah, I think we would all prefer Gabriel Davis keeps those reps, but probably not going to happen. So if you do want to go really cheap, I think Antoine Wesley, Brian Edwards. You know, these are guys that are out there and starting three wide receiver sets, always capable. Of you know, coming down with a tutty, one of their five targets. And then also Tyreek should be playing, but in his absence last week, or at least banged up, we did see Miko lead the way over Pringle and Robinson. So just some things to keep in mind with your dumpster diving at wide receiver. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh at Kansas City. This one, I don't have a prop or a bet on. I know you got Kansas City minus 12 and a half, which I, I guess is probably the, the right way to go, considering what happened in the first game. My prop, I was going to, if, Edward, if Clyde was going to play, I was definitely going to be in on his rushing props. I got to see, I didn't have a Darren Williams line because uh, Daryl Williams line, it looks like he's going to be the starter. And then Gore's always a little sneaky. They, I think they always put, especially in this game, his prop is going to probably be at like 24, 25 or something like that when it comes out, maybe even a little less. I got to see what that is. But I like the Chiefs running back props, Ian, um, because I guess it makes sense, right? If you like the Chiefs minus 12 and a half, they're going to be running that damn ball in that fourth quarter because, uh, you know, you showed on at your article just the huge discrepancy. I mean, the Chiefs are near the bottom of that too, but they have Patrick Mahomes, which yeah. sort of separates everything else. And they have Tyreek Hill and they have Travis Kelsey. And I know the Steelers have a couple good players, but I think it's just too much to overcome. Pittsburgh sort of backed into the playoffs and Kansas City. Um, I think they deserve this hefty line. It's tough in playoff football to lay such a big line, but that's probably the side I'd be on. Didn't actually bet this one personally, though. Yeah, I don't blame people. It is a high line, but at the same time, like, I just, I can't come up with a rational, like, argument based on any sort of data for like how Pittsburgh wins this game. They could maybe cover and keep things close, but like the only thing I can come up with Britt is like, Hey, the NFL is pretty crazy. We just saw the Jaguars beat the Colts. Like weirder things. If Mahomes does those weird things where he throws these bad interceptions or he just like 
even that, like if he does one of those, I don't even think it's a problem. He's going to have to do multiple things like that. Right. Because I don't see Pittsburgh scoring, man. Like that's the other thing with these uh, chiefs this year, like their defense looked atrocious the first six weeks of the year. They came back though and finished as the eighth best scoring defense. Like we really were only seeing Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert have any sort of sustained success against these guys for the better part of the past two months. So uh, I do think you're right about, you know, taking the overs with the running backs, particularly with Claude Edwards Hilaire now out. We have seen Daryl Williams really dominate the backfield usage in CEH's absence throughout the entire year and Pittsburgh, man, like, look, the strength that I use my, you know, finger quotes going on. Cause again, they're still below average in their front sevens ability to pressure the quarterback, but that is the strength of this defense. Cause the weakness, my God, this run D like we were talking about the Cowboys not being able to stop anything. Pittsburgh dead last yeah. in yards before contact allowed per carry. And on the other side of things, Kansas city has been one of the top five offenses all year and just send their running backs up for success. So yeah, Daryl Clyde, they're not breaking tackles at the highest rate in the league or anything, but Hey man, we saw uh, that first time they played Clyde Edwards Lair on the goal line, running over anybody and everybody in Pittsburgh on his way to the end zone. So I know it's going to be Daryl out there, but again, like, I just don't know out of anything we've seen how you can get behind Pittsburgh. Ben's trying to play his, like, nobody believes in us. We're just going to go out there and have fun card, but it's like, come on, man. We haven't seen this passing game or run game look explosive all year. Now you might take away Najee Harris from the equation. So, you know, credit to Deontay and Claypool. I, I think they're both, uh, you know, going to do great things next year with a better quarterback, but I just cannot get behind Pittsburgh by any stretch here. I would say uh, the wild card, don't be afraid to go dumpster diving the Ray Ray McLeod if Juju is going to end up uh, not being activated this could be a game where Ben's throwing the ball 50 times and you know nine catches for 30 yards we'll still get you uh, double digit fantasy points out of uh, someone like Ray Ray and also Pat Frymouth is another one of those tight ends that you can always keep an eye on so if Najee is out we would expect it to be Benny Snell he was working well ahead of Kalen Balaj, uh last week in that one but again I just don't know how Pittsburgh is going to put up all that many points man does seem like a situation where Mahomes and Cup should keep rolling uh the Steelers did not activate Juju today I will say that it has not come out so I do think they have up until game or tomorrow I believe to do so or something like that Um, I think tomorrow by like 5 30 or something yeah it did not happen today so just keep that out I was looking for that and literally just happened uh did not happen uh, on their uh activates list um all right, I guess that just leaves one game left. That's uh, Arizona at the Rams. We're on the same page on this one. We both like the Cardinals plus four. And I, I guess I'm going to give my reasoning as one is Matt. I think there's something wrong with like stat with Stafford. He's turning the ball over way too much for what an elite quarterback does. So I don't know if he's hurt or there's just something happening with him. But I believe Stafford Stafford to throw a pick seems like a pretty easy bet based on what's happened recently. And I know uh, interceptions are always a very hard thing to bet. Um, but I, I like Arizona here. One, I think Stafford, as good as he has been throwing to Cooper Cup, he is a little bit mistake prone as it is right now. And the other thing is, uh, I just think sort of like with Josh Allen and his rushing yards, my favorite prop is Kyler Murray over 37 and a half rushing yards. Oh, I thought it'd be higher. Wow. Uh, yeah. These coaches, they're going to unleash their superstar players in the playoffs, right? There's nothing left to do. Who cares if Kyler Murray gets hurt in this game, right? Because he's obviously trying to win. You unleash your star quarterbacks. And one of the ways to do that is going to be uh, with Kyler Murray. He just had 61 yards against him. I know to close out the season in 2020, he didn't, wasn't so hot. Um, 
but over 37 and a half rushing yards um, for Kyler Murray, um, put him in to score a touchdown because without DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to need to maybe do get a little creative in the run game, especially if they're down one or maybe two running backs. We got to see what happens with that one. I think at least one of their running backs does end up suiting up and playing um, at least reasonably well. Um, but I like Arizona in this one. So do you, I just, I think this game, what do they say? They give you three points for home field advantage. And I think it's just teams get better and better. Um, I don't know. Is home field advantage really worth three points anymore in the NFL? I don't know. Um, I, I just think it's, it should be maybe three. So once you're getting above that three, that key, key number three, um, I'm on Arizona plus four and that prop. I, I, just, I just like Kyler Murray to do Kyler Murray things. I wish they had, I wish Deandre Hopkins was healthy. Cause I think he he's worth uh, what, like two points on a line or something like that, especially converting field goals into touchdowns and things like that. But uh, I don't know. I just think this is too big of a line for, for the Rams to cover. Yeah. To the home field advantage point, uh, PFS own resident mathematician expert, Eric eager has said that this year, it's basically been null and not even made a difference, yeah. uh, you know, in the ending spread. So yeah, I just think with the Cardinals, man, it's been a different version of Stafford and it's kind of crazy. Like, First of all, I think Stafford's getting a little bit too much shit because they're trying to compare him like the 2018 Jared Goff, who was really good. Like, you know, I'm old enough to remember, Britt, when Jared Goff was actually a good quarterback. Now, yeah, it was only for two years. But if you can sign up and have the 2018 version of Jared Goff play for your team every single year, I think a lot of teams uh, would be happy to have that. I mean, the dude threw 41 touchdowns. With that said, he has not had his fastball recently. I mean, if you look at this year, games with at least three completions of 20-plus air yards, weeks one through seven, he had four separate games with at least three of those weeks eight through 18 though we've only seen that happen twice i mean turnover worthy plays weeks one through seven on deep balls one weeks eight through 18 nine so yeah like it just hasn't really been the same offense going deep downfield and yeah i mean losing robert woods might have something to do with that but we've seen like last week that game ending pick wasn't anything wrong about Beckham getting open deep. The ball just couldn't get out there. So Van Jefferson, OBJ, if they're not able to help unlock the best version of this Rams offense, I think it could be problematic again. Going back to the most complete teams, this Rams run offense has really been terrible throughout the entire year. I mean, what Sony and Akers last week combined for like 50 yards on 25 rush attempts or some nonsense like that. We've liked them in fantasy, Henderson and, uh, you know, Sony, because they've had such featured workloads and volume. It's a good thing they have because they weren't able to be that efficient with more limited roles. So, yeah, I just think that, you know, the Rams with the struggles moving the ball on offense, Kyler gives you the quarterback advantage. I mean, number one in big time throw rate this year, number four in turnover worthy play rate. So he ha he's been making simultaneously high level throws while limiting his turnovers throughout the year. Um, and I think they could be built this iteration of the Cardinals, I think, could take advantage of. Of the Rams defense because yeah losing Hopkins objectively sucks we would rather have them out there but if you look at the targets since losing Hopkins Ertz leads the way with 42 then Christian Kirk at 32 AJ Green 25 Antoine Wesley 19 then the running backs below that the Rams I mean they've allowed the 10th fewest yards per attempt on throws to targets aligned on the outside of the formation but they're 24th against the slot and 22nd in line so Jalen Ramsey's a stud but he can't cover everyone out there not expecting him to travel with a single receiver either so I do 
think Ertz, Kirk, Kyler are going to give you the highest upside on this offense. We'll see what's going on with James Conner. He wasn't practicing on Friday. Cliff Kingsbury, as he does with every player, calls him a game-time decision, but Chase Evans did say that he is going to be out there and playing through it regardless. So Chase Edmonds, I think, could be um, a potential swing player in this because, you know, if they are going to try to attack this defense, where they're more vulnerable, which I think is through the air, don't try to run the ball against Aaron Donald and company up the middle. Um, Chase Edmonds is someone that could carry, uh, you know, lo lower ownership uh, going into the Monday game if people are just trying to do the safe thing and not have to worry about that James Conner injury. Yeah, I just want to note a couple of newsworthy items that maybe popped during the show. Najee Harris is questionable. Uh, he did log a full practice today. Uh, he's considered a game-time decision. You get a full practice in on Friday in the playoffs. He's dude's, pl dude's, yeah. dude's playing in the playoff <laughs> game, so I expect a full workload for Najee Harris. Uh, Darrell Williams is expected to play. Uh, we mentioned that a little bit. Uh, Tyreek Hill expected to play. He practiced on Friday. Andy Reid told reporters the plan was for Hill to play unless something happens. Uh over under giant jumping catches over uh, McCole Hardman in the end zone pregame of uh, 0.5 <laughs> for Tyreek Hill. I'm going to take the under on that this weekend. Dude, I was just hanging, <laughs> like, I was hanging out um, watching the game with some friends last week. We didn't have the sound on and we had music on. They kept showing that catch. And I was like, what's going on? Like, yeah, it was a cool <laughs> catch, but why do I keep seeing it? And I was like, oh, that's why Tyreek isn't even playing out here. Oh, man. Yeah, if it happened on that play, but it seems seems likely. Uh, I don't know when, when you're like a freak athlete, are you allowed to do these things in pregame warmups, right? Because that that's something that could happen in the game, right? Why? Shit uh, looks fun, Britt. I wouldn't yeah. know, but if I could do, I that, could get like, about three I'd inches off the ground. Maybe, so, <laughs> uh, all right, I guess that's gonna do it for uh, the final 2021 slash 22. Don't version. be tearing up on me, Britt. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> dude, it's been fun. Um, I hope you're back next year. Of course. Uh, in some form here. I love doing the show with you. Likewise, and, brother. Uh, uh, I'm glad PFF Lily made it through the show. I'm glad RG Benton didn't uh, wake up from his little nap time. And, uh, dude, let's let's have a fun week. I'll still be um, – I really like sports betting and all that, having it at my fingertips. It's um, I, I still play uh, DFS. Not having, to, not having to drive three hours or whatever it was. It was even 10 minutes. As the, it was 10 minutes, but even I hate that. It's just easier <laughs> – it's just so much easier on your phone. I'm getting uh, a lot more into that. Uh, hopefully some of the props and plays uh, come through from you guys if you happen to use them. Other than that, Ian, it's been a fun season. We'll uh, we'll try to run it back in, uh, in next year for football. Um, but that does it for the PFF Fantasy Show for the 2021 NFL football season. Uh, for Britt, uh, for Ian, uh, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.